Hi, thank you for joining us. I'm Charlotte Wood, and I'm podcasting from the Bondec Montessori in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Today, we're discussing a question that we received on Facebook. And this is a fantastic question. It was thought-provoking. It got us really excited to record this podcast. And we haven't stopped thinking about it since we read it. So here's the question. How do we teach our kids to help their families and communities more than is absolutely necessary if we aren't modeling helpfulness by helping them more than is absolutely necessary? What a joyful, inspiring question. And one that we often ask ourselves, how do we Have children help one another? How much is too much help? How much is not enough? This sense of altruism, this sense of the children looking out for one another and looking out for their world just because. Picking up a piece of litter, tying somebody else's shoe, cleaning up a spill that you didn't make, and then the global ramifications of looking out for your community, seeing everyone as your neighbor, and as worthy of help. How do we support this if we're only giving the help that we've defined as being necessary? So a little bit of context, together as a team, we're reading The Absorbent Mind. Every week, we're posting a quote from that week's chapter. This question came to us as a comment on a quote from chapter 14. And Maria Montessori writes, this philosophy teaches us never to give more help than is absolutely necessary. And so the question is a logical one. How do we help children think beyond themselves if we're not helping them more than is absolutely necessary? And so it's that absolutely necessary piece of what are we helping children with and how do we have that filter of what help is necessary? And I think it comes down to this sense of capacity. Do I perceive myself as capable? Do I see myself as worthy of offering help? Because help does come from a place of love so often. Sometimes it comes from a place of necessity, helping with shoes because we have to get out the door. But often it's a place that that's so loving of zipping up a child's coat even when they're capable of doing it themselves. That help isn't necessary, but it comes from a place of love. I have loved and cared for you and tended to your needs, and I accidentally zipped up your coat. I have forgotten how big you've become. So it does come from a place of love. But when we give more help than is absolutely necessary, we end up doing for a child rather than helping them to do for themselves. And if I can't do for myself, I have a very hard time seeing myself as able to help someone else. Perhaps we were open to this moment because of reading this question, or perhaps the universe worked in such a way that this moment serendipitously unfolded. In the classroom, a beautiful moment happened that really highlighted this. A child who's not yet three came up and said, I helped Frances find her cup because she cannot find it. This is a child who's not reading yet, 
who perhaps isn't a leader yet, given that there are only three, but who certainly is becoming a leader. But the point is, he saw himself as capable. If we had always been there to find his cup for him, if we didn't sit there and offer a bit of encouragement, first giving him his cup with just his letter on it when he was so little in the toddler classroom. So first he's identifying that first letter in his name. And then as he grows and it can easily recognize that letter, then he's recognizing his whole name, both in print and in cursive. And we offer encouragement. I see it. Check over in this area. Oh, I know you can go find it. Can you go look? Uh, offering encouragement of course, helping him to find it when it might be upside down or tucked behind another cup. But it has to start with him knowing, I can find my cup. Maybe I can help you find your cup. But if every time he went up to the cups and we said, oh, this child is not yet three, this child can't read, here, let me get it for you, that's an act of love. We would not want this child to be thirsty. You can't find something, oh, I wouldn't want you to have any pain or any discomfort. Here, let me help you. Let me do it for you. If we did that every time the child were looking for his cup or looking for his folder with his name on it or looking for his cubby, assuming that he can't find it, preventing even the slightest moment of looking for something and not being able to find it, we would have taken away this moment where this child feels so confident and capable, he identifies in someone else a need and also identifies his own ability to meet that need. And so in some ways, it is only through giving the help that is absolutely necessary. Whether that be buttoning the first button on a coat and a child can fasten the rest, or getting the zipper started and then you can pull, or providing just the encouragement, or sitting on our hands while a child is carefully pouring water. Whatever, just what this child specifically needs in this moment, that's what's absolutely necessary. Because that helps a child see the limits of their capacities, see how much they've grown, how much those capacities have grown. Maybe they don't think they can pour water carefully without pouring without an adult's help, but without trying, how do we know what we can and can't do? And once we know what we can and we can't do, we know what we can offer. And when we see that adults who we rely on, who we depend on, who we see as omnipotent and capable of everything. Once we see that person believing in us and trusting us, suddenly we see ourselves as more capable than perhaps we might have seen ourselves or perhaps than we actually were. Sometimes we see our own capacities as greater than they are. Perhaps we've experienced a two-year-old saying, I'm helping. Oh, yes, you are. You are helping make a bigger mess than was intended. But it's that idea that I have something to offer. I can help. It's a sense of belonging. Belonging comes from confidence. And confidence and self-esteem are often tied to someone else believing in us, someone else trusting us. And that can come 
from only helping when is absolutely necessary. As a child grows, they will notice those times when we help that's not necessary. So it's not catastrophic if a piece of paper or a drip of water are left on the floor. Nothing bad is going to happen if those are left. However, it's just more pleasant to be in this shared space together when everything is tidy. And children are smart. So much of what they learn is through observation. They didn't read a textbook for how to walk. They didn't sit in a lecture for how to talk. They learned through observation and practice. Nobody spoke or walked for them. They learned these skills through observation, through trial and error, through practice, through encouragement, through somebody believing in them and encouraging them to try for themselves. An unnecessary help in those situations would be, oh, you can't walk yet. I'll carry you everywhere which kind of seems absurd, but it would be an act of love, and that would be an unnecessary help. So when we only provide the necessary help, carrying them only when needed, and then giving them the space and time to practice those skills, we're trusting them, we're encouraging their growth, and we're helping them develop confidence, self-esteem, ability to make mistakes, and through these internal characteristics that they're developing, they see themselves as capable, as worthy of offering help, and having the ability to help others. This observation persists, and they will notice when we fold laundry for more than just our own selves, or when we make a meal that nourishes not just my body, but the whole family. Or when we offer to clean up a mess that we didn't make. Or when we notice a piece of litter at the park, we put it in the trash can rather than leaving it where it is. They will notice those subtle moments where we take care of more than just our own bodies. When we take care of more than just our own selves, we're modeling altruism. Whether it's something big and dramatic or whether it's something small and subtle, we're modeling caring for others. In tandem with supporting children's development, supporting not just their physical skills of how to clean up a spill, how to sweep, how to zip up your coat, but also their internal development confidence, self-esteem, a sense of belonging. These two pieces come together and that's altruism. That's looking out for others. That's walking away from your handwriting practice because somebody has made a spill that is too much for them and then returning when they no longer need your help. That's offering to tie not just your shoe, but the shoe of your younger classmate who's still learning. Helping to put on mittens for your classmates who are still learning, rather than just sitting and waiting when you've gotten yourself ready. It's this sense that comes 
when you have the skills and the desire to help others. It's fostered when adults, educators, parents, caring adults in our community offer the help that's needed, believe that a child is capable, give them the space to try, and then model assisting others beyond what is necessary, beyond what benefits ourselves. So thank you for this question. It helped us to think more deeply about help and how these two can go together, absolutely necessary, and altruism and care of others. And it helped us to see all the ways that children are embodying this on a daily basis and notice those moments that might otherwise go unnoticed and are just as important as the big dramatic moments of reading or pouring perfectly. The internal characteristics that are developing, that's the education of the whole child. And that's a huge part of what makes Montessori so magical. So if you have questions, thought-provoking, sometimes challenging questions, please share them with us. We love the big conversations, the big thoughts, the sometimes struggle that comes with big questions and big thoughts. So if you have questions, feel free to share them on Facebook or send us a note. We're always available. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Bondec and email us with comments, questions, and suggestions at hello at bondec.org. Until next time.